0: This is the 919 Beer Podcast on 99.9 The Fan. Now here are your hosts for the 919 Beer Podcast, Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt. Welcome to the 919 Beer Podcast. Joe Ovius from 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh, North Carolina. Wayne Holt is here. Eshbaugh is sick. Man cold. Day I think six or seven? I have a feeling it elevated above man cold. You know, he's one of those guys that... As they a, as they say in sports, I believe he has flu-like
1: symptoms. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a big dude. And he gets sick a lot like a little baby, though. Really? Yeah, he does. I didn't realize that. He's sick a lot. He's, he's got the sniffles, like, at least once a month. Interesting. But, yeah, hopefully he gets better. Uh, and Paul, who was supposed to be our guest, Paul Wasman with Barrel Culture, mm-hmm. has a man cold as well. So I wonder if he and Adam were, like, meeting and hanging out and past the symptoms i don't know i'm just speculating but yeah they both are under the weather so it's the two of us joe
0: yeah how about that no <laughs> guests today no food guests but that doesn't mean we don't have things to talk about we actually have a lot of things to talk about and some of it actually generates from the super bowl you went to the super bowl between the new england patriots and the los angeles rams that ended up being a bit of a slog on television <laughs> i mean it, as well, uh, much better at the stadium let me tell you um I've been to a handful of Super Bowls, and I know that this one was described as a boring Super Bowl because it really was a defensive showcase for Bill Belichick and Wade Phillips, a defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. Right. But at least it was somewhat competitive through the end. Yeah, it's 3-3 or 10-3, right? But at least there were some moments that could get you hyped up. I was at the Super Bowl five years ago in New York— and that was between the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. Remember, this is Russell Wilson coming up, young buck. And it's Peyton Manning on the other side looking to solidify that next Super Bowl. And, dude, that game was over in the first quarter. Right. So, like, it's all. I, and I, look, you and I, you're old enough, and I'm old enough to remember that a lot of Super Bowls in the late 80s and the 90s like when the Bills got – well, there was one good game between the Giants and the Bills, <laughs> but then, like, the Cowboys were just crushing oh, them yeah, and the absolutely. Redskins were getting crushed and things like that. I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of bad Super Bowls. But I am curious because the the big signature moment of the Super Bowl, beer-wise, comes from two fronts, one on site and then one on television. But you were there, and the Atlanta Falcons with Mercedes-Benz Stadiums have made a lot of headlines this season because they're going with fair pricing on concessions everything man they got basic dogs burgers beers are what five bucks all these things are meant to so
1: beers were seven and They're- nine okay but which is still not that bad still not bad at all i mean you're getting a you're getting a 16 ounce can of for the most part um actually i got a um uh, i got a 20 ounce pour mm-hmm. and it was nine so and it was creature comfort so it was a good beer yeah and, that's good you know, they had creature comfort they had terrapin they had um uh Sweetwater 420 on. So, but yeah, the food $2 for a hot dog, $5 for a cheeseburger, get a combo for seven, eight bucks. Nice. The food was, and it was good. We ate, had a lot of different, kind of like the Hurricanes have, but they have the different little pop ups as you, mm-hmm. we walked the entire concourse just because we'd never been to a Super Bowl, but had never been to that stadium. But oh my gosh, what an incredible piece of architecture that stadium itself, but there was a lot of pop-ups around the, you know, they had two or three different taco stands. They were all serving a different type of taco. And then they had, um, you know, many, many other things, but Kelly and I had the tacos and then we ended up getting uh, hot dogs. We had to get a $2 hot dog. Of course. It was really cool that we were talking with one of the the workers and she said that, you know, Arthur Blank, who is the owner of the Falcons, Mm -hmm. had made the statement that in Atlanta, you know, it was, you know, public record that he had said, People are paying a lot of money for these tickets. We are not going to increase our prices for concessions just because we can. Yeah, and it was funny because quite a few of the places we went, you obviously could tell they had a brand new menu. The menu was printed probably for that week. Mm-hmm. The breakfast place we went to, Ted's Montana Grill, went to a couple of places where, you know, maybe they were getting eight dollars for breakfast. Now they're getting fourteen for breakfast. But at the stadium, everything remained the same. It was fantastic.
0: There's a uh, there's a there's also an economic. Theory to what they are doing in Atlanta with that stadium, and I think the reason why it's important to talk about from our perspective is also something that breweries, tap rooms, they can all learn too, and that is get you to hang out. Yep, we get you to buy more stuff. It works out for us better in the end. You know, the uh, the economic theory for the longest time, and still today for a lot of different places, it's. We're just going to charge you that twelve bucks for the beer, and that's going to be the one beer you have. And yeah. we're going to make the most we can offer you that one time. We're going to make you pay five dollars for a bottle of water because, well, we can, and we're going to make the maximum amount we can. And you only, only ended up buying. You get. You basically start going in on a budget right before you even before you even show up. You're like, I'm only going to spend X amount sure, yeah. when I go to uh, when I go to an arena. So the Falcons figured out. All right you might want to get there early but you don't know what to do you don't feel like going to a bar and you don't have a tailgate to go to but you still want to get there early right so now they open up the stadium not an hour or 90 minutes or two hours before a kickoff they opened it up four hours before kickoff
1: yeah they opened the stadium at two o'clock and we um the you know, game was 6 30
0: because they want you to go to one of the various restaurants they have and we got there at three <laughs> and you might want to hang out at one of the bars that they have. Absolutely. And then with the pricing, you end up, all right? So you're hanging out. You have your one. Ah, that wasn't so bad. My budget's not blown yet. You get your, you get your second one. I mean, it's really, it's it's not that hard of a concept to understand. No, the economics of it. It's is, amazing that more people don't do this. Right. If
1: it's $8 for a beer and you drink three, you know, what did it cost you for that beer? You know, for three beers, it mm-hmm. cost you, let's just say $3, but you made- 21 whereas if you buy one beer at 12 you made 11. yeah so yeah you're right Joe the the, the economics of that makes sense from an owner's perspective and for the consumer it just makes you feel good about being able to go to the game you already spent a lot of money for that ticket whether it's a Falcons regular season game or whether it's uh, the Super Bowl you spent a ton of money for a ticket mm-hmm. and now you got to go spend a ton of money for concessions and it was funny how many families we saw there where there were you know husband wife and four ki- and three ki- two or three kids. Um in one case, you know, four or five kids. So you think about what it costs, face value for a Super Bowl ticket, and then you go in there and you gotta spend that much money for food. But their beer lineup, so I didn't I did make it a point to to shoot some pics of what they had in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know for, of course for showing you know, me those. Bud Light is the uh, obviously one of the major sponsors of the NFL. But as far as local beer they had one place that had all of these beers, and they had coolers behind you, so it looked like you were walking up to a counter uh, in, a con- in a convenience store somewhere, and they've got all these coolers full of beer. But they had Creature Comforts, Jekyll Brewing, Atlanta Brewing, uh, Night Shift, and Red Hair Brewing. Mm-hmm. All Atlanta-based breweries, and pretty
0: good, pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. So, um, But that's the expectation of fans now. Ba- well, I think it is, yeah. Absolutely. If, you, if you want to, the Super Bowl is also one of those experiences that probably is better at home than it is there at the stadium because it is meant for television. The commercials you can't watch at the game halftime show with Maroon 5 and Travis Scott and Big Boy. You probably weren't even around. You probably went not got a beer, didn't you? You know, I sat there and watched the beginning of it, and
1: then um, I did. I went up went up to the restroom, and uh, I only drank one beer before the game. That's all I did. I, right. I, I, I didn't want to be running it because we were in the eighth row. So running up, you know, like, I don't know, 40 more rows to go to the restroom every time you had to go, I just, it wasn't something that appealed to me. So I only got get up. Get your steps in, though. Yeah, I did. Oh, we got that walking, believe me. I bet. Um, so only we had one beer before the game, and I went up at halftime to get something to drink, and some popcorn, I think. So, yeah, I miss most of it. I did, watch, um, I did watch the NFL Network has played it, I think, every night this week as an instant classic. I'm not sure how that happened. But, um, but anyway, yeah, I've, I've been able to catch bits and pieces of it over the last couple of nights, and I did see the halftime show. And go, oh, that's what everybody was screaming about.
0: <laughs> now, like, I think that the the experience for a sporting event now it's the the competition of your 4K screen at home that's probably 60 to 70 inches. The We've talked about this all the time. Most of the people that are listening to this podcast are us. We've got a fridge full of beer oh, yeah. that we've collected at various places over time or bottle shares or whatever it is. You probably got some friends that want to hang out, and it's much more fun and more economical and just an overall better experience to sit on your couch and watch it. So in order to in order to get people off their couch, this is gonna be the wave of the future. I mean, honestly, I mean if you if you haven't noticed it already at certain places, you're gonna see more and more of it going forward. For like the Carolina Hurricanes are a prime example of this. They've done what they've can. They've done mm-hmm. what they can when it comes to the pop ups that you mentioned, yep. increasing the beer options, food options, trying to create an environment where you can hang out. That's why they got the two ledges. Um you well, you got the Buffalo Wild Wings, uh or the the Buffalo brothers. Pledge yep, right. for the common man on the lower level, <laughs> man, but then you yes. also have the Champions Club right. and the Arena Club, and they also have a restaurant inside there too. Right. That's pretty good as well to get you to hang out. The next evolution of it, and I've seen the renderings for this. Who knows if Tom Dundon, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, now wants to go forward and do this? But I've seen renderings where they've turned the front of PNC Arena, what you typically associate as the box office mm-hmm, and the main right, entrance yep. of PNC Arena, into a multi-use space that has you know a balcony bar some sort yeah. of restaurant, you know, some place you can get food. They've got a, a much more entertaining interactive plaza rather than what they have now, which is pretty bare-spaced. It's not too different from what I've seen in, like, um, I think it's Dallas that does this. Right. Where the uh, where the Mavericks play. They've got, like, this alley where people just hang out and congregate ahead of a game. So, eventually, they're going to get around to this. I mean, I know that Tom Dundon wants to put a downtown arena. He wants to
1: do a downtown. And, you know, which that's... would get
0: you all those types of things. Sure. And it makes it a focal yep. point. But I have thoughts on why that's not going to happen, but continue.
1: Cost of land, uh,
0: parking. I don't think it's that. Really? Parking
1: is, a, parking is an issue. Parking's an issue. Yeah. Um, but if you've ever been to Detroit to the Joe back in the day, parking's an issue there. I mean, you've got that one crappy parking deck right beside it, but outside of that, there's not a ton of parking at the Joe. But, yeah, I agree. You know, In downtown Atlanta, and um, we stayed, I, I stayed in a one-star hotel and paid five-star money for it, so... And yeah, think about that, Super Bowl. Super Bowl rates for everything down there outside of the stadium. But there's a lot of food and a lot of other things to do within walking distance to the stadium. But not as much as I was expecting. Mm. There's there's a few high-end hotels that have their restaurants and bars. But, you know, we didn't want to go into those. We just wanted to kind of hit the local stuff. Makes sense. There wasn't a ton of it, to be honest with you. Huh. Um, not as much as I was expecting. I was expecting it to be just lined on both sides of the street with— nice restaurants and places to to hang out and there again there was an ample amount um but just not quite as much as i thought there would be but yeah downtown raleigh i think would be and i said this when they built the the arena you know whatever it's called now pnc yeah how great it would be to be able to to take the train from wherever you are once we get that light rail that's never going to come <laughs> um but you know how cool would it be to be able to you know, I live in downtown Kerry. Walk up to the train station, catch the train into downtown Raleigh, watch a game, or catch the train into Durham to Deepak. Yeah. You know, those are things that we identify ourselves as um, you know, one of the greatest places in the country to live, but there's a lot of things we're missing.
0: Well, the thing with the the problem with the downtown arena, uh, has a lot to do with the things that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, lack of public transportation, parking, and those types of things. I don't think land is the problem. They can find the land. Land in Raleigh is still relatively cheap comparative to what you would get in other markets. That's another thing that Dundon might not realize, or he probably realizes, and he has to weigh it in terms of what he wants to do in the future. But the problem with downtown Raleigh is that for the majority of the fan base, they don't live in downtown Raleigh, and they don't like going to downtown Raleigh. One thing about PNC Arena, whether you like it or not, is that it is... Ingress, egress, yeah, easy in, yeah, easy out. For the most part, it still right. gets its traffic jams. Yeah. I mean, hell, trying to leave Metallica the other night was right. paying the rear end. Okay, uh, trying to get out of a jam-packed football game at Carter Finley Stadium can prove to be difficult at times if you hit right. it at the wrong time. However, but for a Canes game on a night where they've got twelve, thirteen thousand people, it's pretty easy, pretty easy to get in and out. And where are those fans coming from? Coming from Cary, all over. Coming from Morrisville. Yeah. Coming from Apex, coming from Fuquay, they come from all sorts of places around the area. Do you think we've... people really come to Fuquay to watch hockey? Yeah, I think so. Really, I don't know. Okay, you don't know any Canes fans in Fuquay? <laughs> come on now, <laughs> come well, on. There's got to be Canes fans in Fuquay, right? <laughs> don't you think? Don't there's you think? So I do. Probably think, a couple. Like this is a this is a hill that I'm prepared to die on. I really do think that the fan base is such that it's suburban, and the last thing that people want to do from those areas, and we joke about it here all the time. But, like, just like I don't want to drive all the way out to Fuquay because it's a hall, there's a lot of people that don't want to go driving into downtown Raleigh and trying to find parking and various other things. Or go to a shuttle location, yeah. get out of your car, hop into a shuttle, and then go yep. to a game. I'm not saying Canes fans wouldn't go to games right. because there are still enough hardcore people out there, but the casual fan that's looking at a Saturday night, what they want to do, they might not be so inclined to do that. But in that downtown
1: area, e- instead. Well, but in the downtown area. Especially in downtown Raleigh right now, you've got so many condos and townhomes, and well, not town uh, townhomes, but condos and apartments that are popping up down there. And there's a lot of money down there. So could we pick up that fan base from the younger? You I don't know the young kids. You know, in their twenties, thirties, are they are they watching hockey? Uh, I don't know. But speaking of driving in downtown, so all the way to Atlanta, I'm debating on whether I'm going to drive into the hotel or whether we're going to stop out in, say, Marietta or Dunwoody or somewhere Mm -hmm. and park at the Marta lot and catch the Marta in. So, finally, I just, you know what? I pull up Waze. Waze doesn't show any real issues getting into downtown. It was a breeze. There was nothing to it. There was no traffic on Saturday afternoon at 2.45 when we were going into downtown. It worked out well. Even getting out of downtown, we didn't leave until about 10 o'clock Monday morning, so there was no problem getting out. But you're exactly right. The for a lot of people that aren't accustomed to driving in downtowns and around that traffic, and a lot of the suburban people don't come into downtown, period. Mm-hmm. So to come in for a game when there's another 12, 14, or 20,000 people coming in, yeah, I can see them shying away from that.
0: Now, you could uh, you could ply them with beer, better food, hangout spaces, those types of things. Well, there's a tailgating culture, too, at PNC Arena that you would also eliminate if you did it downtown. Yeah,
1: but what you get downtown, though, is you do get that, that density of restaurants and bars and things that we don't get at PNC. I mean, you got the backyard bistro, and that's it. So you just don't have anything out there uh, for that draw. So you have to tailgate. Where I think in a lot of uh, other cities where the arenas are downtown, they they just go downtown and they hit their their favorite watering hole, and that's where they hang out and probably actually spend less money there than they would spend inside the arena when they got inside. So, um, but yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, Super Bowl was interesting. Uh, obviously, my wife is a big Patriots fan, which is why we went. Uh, I did Donna Gronkowski jersey, so um, you know I jumped on board with it had a good time. Even though the game was not full of offensive excitement, there was enough excitement there to keep me interested in the game, and the interception happened directly in front of us that kind of turned the game around, sealed it for those guys, so uh, you know, it was fun. I think we checked it off our bucket list and said, yeah, I probably won't do another one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my dad, um, speaking of beer stories, I've told the stories a couple times uh, here recently. Uh, For some reason, Lauren Brownlow had me be the her guest on our topics and takes podcast. I think she ran out of people to talk to this week, or somebody <laughs> bailed. So I was the uh, I was the backup. But anyway, um, you know Lauren's podcast. If you haven't checked it out, the whole premise is she talks to a lot of the sports media people that you might be familiar with, and kind of gets their background, like how do they? You're a sports guy, I thought you were a beer guy. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, I uh, you mean you do a sports show? What? <laughs> so anyway. Um, Part part of you know talking about my upbringing, I did bring up the time that my dad wanted me to go to a Super Bowl. He's like, you you know, you're you need to go to a Super Bowl. It's at Joe Robbie Stadium. You're gonna go. And this guy that we knew through a, a neighbor of ours was a huge San Francisco Forty ers fan, and he came into town and he was looking to just he could, the person he was gonna go with couldn't go, so he had this ticket, and he just wanted this was before Uber. My, this guy didn't want to pay for a taxi, and he didn't, you know, want to park. He just wanted to get in and out. He didn't, he didn't know Miami or anything like that. Right. So my dad's like, well, tell you what. I'll drive you to and from the game, and you give me that other ticket for face value. And face value in 1995 was like $200, dollars yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's still a lot. Sure, absolutely. You know, in the grand scheme of things, but that was face value for the ticket. And uh, the guy's like, okay, cool. And... My dad tried to scalp a ticket while he was there, but the price was just too much. He knew what he was prepared to pay for, but right. game day, just forget yeah. it. So he decided to use the uh, the old black-and-white Sony portable television and just watch the game over the air in the parking lot. And he was greeted by other dudes, other people, that were in the same predicament as him. <laughs> right, And they were just around the arena, so they were like, oh, let's just watch the game in the parking lot. So, you know, people were bringing beers over, and they just kind of hung out with other people and he watched the game in the parking lot. So... Uh, there's all sorts of ways you can you can take these things in now, whether it's inside the building mm-hmm. or proto-tailgating while well, the game is still going on. Although you go to you go to a game at Carter-Finley Stadium now, barely anybody goes into a game. Yeah. Because the, the tailgating is too good. All the food, the food's great, the absolutely. beer's great. I mean, I went to a tailgate for the Florida State game where these people had a keg of craft beer.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, what yeah.
0: in the world?
1: Well, and it's funny how many people we ran into in our, in our walk on Saturday, so we got there, and we, we got out of the room and hit, started traveling about 4 o'clock, and didn't get back until probably around 11, and, and we just walked and just checked out things. It was amazing how many people were just in town and not planning to go to any of the events. They were just there because it was a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and it was, it was just crazy. How, oh, you got a ticket? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We're just here to hang out and watch it in the bar, which... I guess it's okay, but that's a lot of money to pay to travel. I mean, there were some from New England that were down there without tickets and didn't have plans to get tickets. They
0: just wanted to be around the environment. So you weren't—you uh, were in the game, so you weren't in front of a television watching the commercials. No, but I did last night. Uh, oh, did you? why you go to one of the websites like the USA Today and watch some of the
1: old, uh, I, some of the commercials? I did. I went. Last, I, I went on YouTube last night yeah. and watched the top
0: ten. Super Bowl commercials. Did the Bud Light Dilly Dilly corn syrup commercial make the top ten that you watched? Both of the 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 jousting Bud Light that turned yeah. into, into the Game of Thrones yeah, that was a crossover, right? And
1: the uh the corn syrup one both made it. Number one was the one with the uh the past in, well the past and current NFL stars, mm-hmm. which I thought was that was a good commercial. incredible commercial. Uh, but yeah, so I got to I got to see them, and I, of course I saw the the text thread. I was driving back from Atlanta when you and Adam were texting on that on Monday, so I didn't. Yeah. So I, I read that as well.
0: Well, for those who might have missed it, Bud Light had these commercials that had the dilly dilly motif, and they were carrying around a gigantic <laughs> barrel of corn syrup, and Huge. they were delivering it to like the Coors Light Castle or something well, they- like that. I they think first one, went to Miller Lite. Yeah, the first right? went to Miller Lite, yes. Yeah. yeah. And then at some point they went to the Coors Light Castle or whatever it is. Anyway, the gist of the commercial was that Miller uh, Bud Light uses only you know choice ingredients, right? right. Uh, Miller Lite has claimed the same thing in terms of it's only water, hops, and barley.
1: Well, they wouldn't accept that delivery from Bud Light because they said theirs had already come in that morning. To, and then, yeah. then instructed them to go down and check with the Coors people. Right, right,
0: right. <laughs> so anyway- The insinuation is that we at Budweiser, we don't use this crap ingredient. These guys are using corn syrup. Now, there's a trick there with the corn syrup that people probably associated and didn't realize it. Corn syrup is not high fructose corn syrup. Right. High fructose corn syrup is a sugar substitute that is high horrible for you sure absolutely it's what they put in sodas there's a mm-hmm. reason why you got to pay extra for what is described as mexican coke because yep. they're still using real, real cane sugar. sugar not that sugar is great for you but it's in so much stuff man it's in bread oh, they put it's it in, in everything in, yeah, they, they, put, do. It, yeah. they put this as a sweet catch everything yeah. and it's terrible for you okay i and got a cousin you,
1: whose wife's allergic to it so we have oh, to watch really? everything when i cook and i know they're coming i have to yeah. look at everything i'm i'm preparing
0: so there you go and that's not corn syrup though
1: it's corn not. syrup
0: is just Corn syrup. That's right, yeah. Corn is fine. <laughs> it's cor- Corn is fine. And corn is sometimes used as an adjunct mm-hmm. for the fermentation process. Okay? You need to ferment the sugar in order to get alcohol. I mean, this is basic beer stuff, people. And the insinuation is that this is somehow bad or it's somehow not good for you or it affects the taste. What Bud Light doesn't tell you is that they're not all using barley. They do right. use an adjunct as well. They use rice. Yeah. Rice is no worse, no better right. than corn, corn or corn yep. syrup, for that matter. Essentially, what these guys are admitting is that, yeah, man, you want cheap-ass light beer well, there's one way to do it. Right. It's like this. Yep. I just like we don't
1: have wit here to give us a very scientific breakdown I know, of it. I know, I know.
0: I'm doing my best. I am doing my best. You're doing better than I can do. I will, I will do my best when it comes to the breakdown and the scientific aspect of all of this stuff when it comes to adjunct loggers, For instance, you know, like PBR uses corn. Yeah. A lot of Mexican beers that you enjoy, they use corn, okay? Corn, you talk about stuff that's put in everything. Corn is put in just about everything, yeah, okay? And is it great? not necessarily but it's cheap mm-hmm. and that's how you get cheap beer right. now if that were the same commercial and it was two craft breweries let's say it was i don't know for the sake of argument one is dogfish head is running a commercial for the first time ever and they decide to take a shot at sam adams mm-hmm. and their brewing process which is again a larger craft sure, brewery absolutely. and they get and they have a reputation and they start throwing out that stuff at them now we're talking now we got beef. Right. But this is just the big boys all arguing about, well, no, your cheap stuff is worse than my cheap stuff. At the end of the day, it's all still cheap. Miller Lite actually went back at Bud Light on social media going, okay, cool. You want to hit us with the corn syrup? But you're not really like beer. Look at the carbs. Look at the calories in comparison to what we're putting out there. <laughs> and it was like, oh, it's getting sassy. It's well, getting spicy out here.
1: And in the text thread you and, you and Adam had going, I don't, I don't recall which one of you made the comment. It was but- probably Adam. But because made, i know where you're going it's but it made the adding. comment that they were going after one another instead of going after craft this year which was good that they were attacking big beer attacking big beer mm-hmm. whereas in the past they've really gone after craft beer but yeah which leads to uh there's another article i've got up there about how beer consumption is declining yeah beer wine spirits all seem to be declining i think the the only one that's growing uh that Prosecco had the largest gain last year. Oh, uh, okay. Which is, I think I've had that maybe once in my life, and that was by accident. Didn't realize that that's what somebody was handing me. So I don't know. But yeah, I know we are losing, and, and there's a, there's theories of that too. You know, Colorado and the other states that are legalizing weed. Are we losing alcohol consumption to weed consumption? And, yes. You know, yeah. I, no, think I, I don't
0: even, I'll save you a click. Yeah, I the think we are too. Is yeah. Yes. yeah. I think we
1: are too. Um, and I think that as it's legalized in more states across America, we're going to mm-hmm. see more of that. Um, but there's yeah, the-
0: a, there's a reason why some beer uh, makers were experimenting with the whole concept of CBD beer, and not just New Belgium. Because oh, absolutely! They're, they're trying to get in on that particular benefit uh, that derives from it. Actually, I just ordered some coffee from Willie Nelson. Willie? Really? It's called Willie's Remedy. Oh, I bet it is. Uh, right. As he's and sitting there on that sack of seed, and, <laughs> and he's using he's using some Colorado-based, you know, CBD-infused coffee bean. I ordered it. It was not cheap. Oh, I bet. It was not cheap. The good stuff's not cheap, I'll report back to see how it goes. But
1: but a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned on here that uh, Buncombe County ABC board had already started looking into how they would regulate marijuana Mm -hmm. when the state legalizes it. Well, I found it interesting over the weekend, I read an article, and I believe it's Chuck McGrady and another uh, North Carolina congressman, both out of the Buncombe County uh, area, they are in favor of changing the A B C and making it uh making it open for anybody. Just you know, just not keeping it privatized as it is now with the counties running the boards, but open it up just like they do with beer and wine, that mm-hmm. anybody can get a license and sell it. So, you know, who knows where we're gonna be and if I remember correct, Chuck McGrady heads the committee here in Raleigh yeah. that actually can make that happen. At least get the bill to the floor for a vote so if he's in favor of it then you've got another congressman out of buncombe that's in favor of it there's probably some more across the across the state which would be fantastic for the spirits industry i think because you know me being a guy that likes to drink bourbon and gets very frustrated with the lack of selection that we have in north carolina because they regulate what they bring in then they regulate you know how many bottles each store gets so you just can't walk in and buy it on the free market you know we walked in one coming out of atlanta where they had more stuff there than we have was a little bitty hole in the wall in a little little small town and they had more bourbon there than we have at the local liquor stores so you know who knows where we're going to go but as far as the beer industry man the rumblings are out there for how many brewers we got in the state and where we're going over the next uh six months to six years is just uh quite interesting it's, it, as I've been out in about the last couple of weeks, I've heard people in the industry, people that have been in the industry that we've had on this podcast and know and respect are now beginning to think, hey, where are we really going to be as an industry? Had one brewer, head brewer tell me last week, mm-hmm. last Thursday night, that he put out a, uh, a job opening for an assistant brewer. He had six head brewers. Whoa. Head brewers? Head brewers. Jeez. Reach out to him privately hey this is on the down low but i'm interested i'm not sure how much longer we're going to be around and that's you know we're at 300 breweries or so in the state right now
0: yeah no it's going to get interesting there's going to be consolidation I don't want to sound like uh, I don't want to sound like I told you so, but I mean, I remember when we first started doing this podcast. I was curious, what's the saturation point, and when well, yeah, are we gonna start seeing the retraction? Well, we had
1: fifty six brews, I think, in the state when we started this podcast. Oh,
0: I know, <laughs> I know. And you know, my 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 next theory, you know, in in because I am always a proponent proponent of advancement theory. My next theory is that essentially what's going to happen is those who that were those that were going to be sold to a macro mm-hmm. have been sold.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you are right. And yeah.
0: those. That were had designs on big plans will probably find some sort of groove to get in and kind of sustain themselves, right? And the next wave of breweries that comes up are going to be what you would just describe as mainly tap room business, serve your local, be the hangout spot, have not limited hours per se, but you have a very specific, you know, niche that you fulfill and you become the hangout spot. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Everybody needs a good neighborhood brewery, I but agree. But we're probably going to be in that, you know, we're not going to be talking about and. It'll become a word of mouth thing, too, where for people like us, they're going to be like, oh, have you heard about this place? Mm -hmm. And you'll be willing to go and check it out and, uh, you know, maybe grab whatever they have there and take it to the, you know, take it to your friends and things like that. Well, I think Cotton
1: House in downtown Cary just opened up a couple of weeks ago, and and we went to the friends and family on Sunday before they opened up on Tuesday of uh, last week. And it's just a little small house in downtown Kerry. They did a really cool upfit. They're brewing beer offsite. site. But we walked by there last night at about 8 o'clock, and they've placed two picnic tables in the front yard. They've got a rocking chair front porch on this little house, and they've got a deck on the back, and they're going to do some more stuff back there. But it was packed last night because it's walkable, it's small, it's quaint, it's neat, and they're not selling their beer anywhere else right now. Obviously, they've only been open a week, but in talking with a couple of the owners at that soft opening, those guys right now just really want to sell everything they can within that building. And I think you're right, Joe, and we've talked about it for a long time on here, that that's the um, the case. But speaking of consolidation, I read an article yesterday uh, where Walt from Wicked Weed, Walt Dickinson, had been interviewed, and they are about to do something down in Atlanta. And it's funny because the article was—I think the headline was, Wicked Weed is about to do something in Atlanta— even Walt doesn't know what. Oh, Okay, and they interviewed him. Basically, right now, it appears they're going to do a pop up in this fancy restaurant area.
0: Pop ups are hot
1: right now. But they're looking for a place, possibly do something permanent. Okay. He wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't commit one way or the other. But says, you know, we don't know whether this is going to be here a month or a year or how long it's going to be here or where else it may be. Uh, you know, obviously, ancillary fermentation. I think mm-hmm. we can speak about them now that they're uh, they're they're pretty public. Uh, I think I think they're our guests next week too. I still need my T-shirt. I know, it's laying in a parking lot somewhere. Somebody picked that t shirt up. Somebody got a really nice $25 t shirt. -shirt, I'm Um,
0: really bummed out.
1: But I mean, you know, they're doing these pop ups and they're doing another one this weekend. I don't know if you've seen that or not. They're doing one Sunday and this will be the third one already this year. So I think that they're seeing these pop ups being quite profitable for them because there's not a lot of investment. They're brewing their beer over at Fortnite. So there's not a ton of investment to go rent these spaces and do these things. And they draw a few hundred people and they sell, you know, whatever, however many cases, cans of beer they sell. Mm hmm. Um, so, yeah, pop-ups are, uh, and that's the only one I know of in Raleigh that's doing it, but it's pretty
0: well, cool. Well, there is on my, on my to-do list this weekend, because uh, I feel like it's been forever since we actually have done a podcast, because when we talked to New Belgium last week- yeah, It was Monday, yeah. It was on a Monday, right. so we just kind of like, whoa, okay, man, there's a lot to catch up on. But uh, this weekend, I do plan on hitting the Transfer Food uh, Co, yep. and that's a cool where spot. Burial's located, mm-hmm. and I know they've got some limited hours as to how they work, but I do want to check that place out. and. And see what they got going on. That'll probably be a lunch or a dinner or something like that when they open up. But um, that is definitely on the list of things to do. Another item that's on a list of things to do would be to hit high wire in mm-hmm. the gold belt during the day with my. kids. <laughs> but not kids. take your children. <laughs> but I can't take my kids after seven o'clock. This that's cost... they, they moved it to eight. Did they move it they to moved eight? to eight. Okay. Yep. At last check, I had seen on Facebook that they, <laughs> they moved it to, to, to eight. 7 o'clock. 8, o'clock. eight o'clock isn't unreasonable. You know, that's typically at least with a ten-year-old and a seven-year-old, I start wrapping. things yeah, up Yeah, but in and the summer when it doesn't get dark till late no, forty-five, I Understand. Age 50. I understand. I understand. That's, yeah. So, look, this is a, this is an endless debate, and nobody will be able to have their opinion changed going forward. No. The only thing that I can offer is, for a brewery that wants to limit kids at their establishment, and look, people listen to the podcast know we joke about it when my kids were at, Mm -hmm. um, mason jar and they were hanging out in rubbermaid trash cans because it ended up being a pretty fun game they all invented right now adam being adam is annoyed because he's trying to run an establishment and those trash cans are being used for you know trash (laughs) but he did set up those trash cans as a plaything during that event Uh, the trash cans just weren't out there for the sake of being trash cans they were out there for like some sort of like put a ball in a hoop or whatever it was Anyway, it's a little thing he omits when yes. we joke about it. But for the most part, I understand the lament of you don't want kids running through the right. brewery, you don't want kids running, you know, causing a ruckus, being loud, uh, and things like that. I can speak from experience at Highwire when I finally checked it out, and I went with my brother when he was in town during the holidays. And I got again, I got a ten-year-old and a seven-year-old. They've got a ping pong ball table, uh-huh. got a table tennis, several of them, several te- yeah. table tennis uh, setups. They have cornhole outside. They've got the soccer ball billiards, Mm -hmm. which is a cool thing to do. And they got a foosball table. Now, all right, my kids wanted to do table tennis. The problem is my 7 year old isn't exactly skilled at table tennis right now Mm -hmm. because he's, you know, seven. So he's trying to hit it, and then he's hitting it too hard, and the ping pong ball goes flying. And it starts bouncing into where people are sitting trying to have a conversation, have a beer. Now, I think you can vouch for my parenting when I say... I warn the kids, hey guys, please. You can't have that thing flying all over the place. Okay, okay, dad, got it. I look, I go back to sit down with Kelly. Next thing I know, there goes a ping bong ball flying. <laughs> I go, All right, that's wrap. We're rat. done. We're done. Yeah. Go play shuffle puck. Go outside and play cornhole, but you gotta stop with the table tennis because you guys are gonna hit somebody mm-hmm. with this. Cool? Cool. All right. Yeah, okay, good. Okay, okay, dad, cool. Off they go. Some the kids pull up. Was it the same thing? Did the same thing happen? No. No, they just so let, they, them, let them play. Yeah. So, establishments can't count on parents, you know. Parenting. Parenting. Right. So, they have to, for the patrons that are there, make it comfortable for them or they won't come back because it's going to be a zoo with kids. So, so what, because some people, sometimes people don't want to go to an establishment that's a zoo with kids. So, if that's their <laughs> rule, if that's their rule, yeah. respect the rule and go to the brewery. That doesn't mind you having right. kids running around everywhere, right? So like, it's not that hard. Like, there are plenty of places. If you're in Durham and you don't like that vibe, because oh, I can't take my kid, go to Pony Sewers. right? Absolutely. Now they have a big sign that says, "Hey, keep track of your kids." Yeah. But for the most part, it's outdoors. It's outdoors, yeah. And if you don't want to deal with the kids outside, you can go inside. You can go on the deck, do whatever you know, any number of places. Or go to Full Steam, yeah, where they don't seem to mind that sort of stuff, or they have a ping pong ball table that it's actually cordoned off from where everybody else is right. sitting. So you have any number of options when it comes to these types of things. So respect the business, respect that people want to go to places that don't have kids running around. Um, so but, there's, but, all, there's all sorts of uh, levels to this. And, you know, I could say the same thing about pets. What I was going to say, dogs. I mean, what what about dogs? Because, you know,
1: I was, at, uh, I was at Bond, I guess, Tuesday afternoon. It was nice. So I'm sitting out... And uh, just kind of hanging out. And there are kids running around just, just. Cra- in fact, I almost took a video and sent it to you. Mm-hmm. But kids are just running around. Parents are doing what they're doing. Uh, but then there's dogs. And there's, you know, just like not all kids are good kids and not all parents are good parents. Not all dogs are good dogs either. No.
0: I don't even think dogs want to be there.
1: There was this one dog. <laughs> that, anytime anybody walked by the and it was a big dog. The dog would
0: jump up and start barking. <laughs> And I'm not a dog owner. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. you know, I don't mind dogs. I'm, I'm not a dog hater. Yeah. I'm not um, exactly. I'm the same boat. I don't hate dogs. I mean, dogs are fine. I mean, my uh, my in-laws love dogs. I, every time we go over there, I hang out with dog. My brother-in-law has a dog. Like yeah, hanging out. with But dogs. I had an interesting
1: conversation uh, just right down the street later on that evening as I left Bond and worked my way down to pharmacy and was talking to Tyler, and I made a comment about it and made a comment that you know in some parts of the state they're actually enforcing the health department law that or. Ordinance that says you can't have dogs in places that serve food or serve in glass. Yeah, it makes sense. And Tyler says, "Yeah, we are actually going to go private because we like dogs in here, and I'm going to, and I want to be able to keep dogs in here. And if you're a private establishment, you can you can do that. And I didn't know that. So Tyler and I had a, you know, not a heated conversation over it because you know it's his place he can do what he wants to. Yeah, but." You know, my argument with that is with anyone that allows allows pets in their business is that not everybody can come into a business because some people are allergic to them.
0: Yeah, I am. Uh, I mean, I'm allergic to animals. I mean, I deal with it with the cats yeah. and things like that. But I do have those types of problems. Plus, the other thing too. All right, so there's a there's a there's a loud kid or something like that or or whatever it might be. At least they're not trying to sniff my butt. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that sort of thing. Or as I've joked, I actually joked about this in a. uh on, on social media the other day when this was a big hot topic. I'm like, look, I got my kids in check. I usually bring, I'll bring the Nintendo Switch as mm-hmm. a last-ditch last, uh, last ditch effort. I'll bring a, you know, they bring books, comic books, stuff like that. If there's a bar game, they try to behave themselves the best they can. And we, you know, they're also a little older, so they keep it in check. But I got your dog rallying up my kids. Yeah, that's right. You know? Yep. Keep your dog in check. Got my dog. My kids are calm. And then right. the dog comes out, and they're all oh, cool, let's go play with the dog. Yeah. And the dog's all hyped up. Anyway, I'm kidding. But there's a right. there's a larger point though to be made about animals at bars. Mm-hmm. Does your dog really want to be there? Think about that. Right. Does your dog really want to be under a bench, right, on a leash, and then constantly being yanked yep. because they want to go? By. They want to go be social. They yeah. want to go run around. Right. They want to see other dogs, and then you're busy yanking them the entire time or trying to get them not to bark. Are they having a good time? Well, probably not. And the dog probably. Is, dog probably thinks it's going to be cooler to be in their crate back at home and they can chill well what if we wouldn't took a bunch of
1: beer and just kind of did a tailgate in the dog park oh
0: us oh let's do that
1: let's just go sit in the dog park with four, let's do with, that with, you know with 35 people drinking beer and you know throwing our beer bottles down because a lot of them have their their dog water bowls that get turned over and just you know it is what it is i'm here mean, for that let's do it yeah <laughs> we should do that um one other thing before we get out of here joe did you see uh Bells is no longer going to distribute in Virginia.
0: Why not? I mean, Virginia, Virginia's uh they're really making headlines. This well, it's week. really nothing. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what it is. Woo. Yeah.
1: It's because of the the Democratic governor, Lieutenant woo. Governor, and Attorney General. That's why they're not going to do it. Let me tell you. No, because uh so one of their distributors, I think I think I read they work with five distributors up there, mm-hmm. and one of their distributors wants to sell to another distributor, and it's a distributor that Bells absolutely will not work with. And they did the same thing in Illinois years ago. Really? They pulled out of Illinois because this same distributor was trying to purchase one of the distributors in Illinois. They pulled out, went back two years later with a different distributor. Mm-hmm. But in the case of Virginia, it's uh, the part that I hadn't thought about was the fallout that the other four distributors in Virginia have from this because they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, They're probably really good people doing a really good job for Bells, and now they're taking – and one of them said, hey, this is our largest, uh, our best-performing product, and it has good margins. Mm-hmm. And now this dude's going to lose a large percentage of his income because these guys are trying to get uh, to sell out. So interesting times. You know, I think that's something that, you know, a lot of these states have – in Virginia, you can get out of a distribution agreement if you can show cause. But there's no cause there that than they're selling someone you don't want to do business with. In North Carolina – I'm not sure you can get out of it. Mm-hmm. And one of the distributors said he spent a lot of money not that long ago to buy the Bell's rights from another distributor. So there's a lot of things going on in the beer world that uh, you just don't think about uh, and you can't control, especially as you're a distributor and a brand pulls out because they don't want to work with somebody else and you did nothing wrong. It's, I don't know. A
0: couple things to get through before we, uh, before we get out of here. The, uh, I saw this on USA Today the other day. Kevin Harvick, race car driver. Is going to be turning his old number four Fords from the 2018 season, and he's going to turn that into beer cans.
1: Wow! Interesting. Yeah,
0: i told uh, USA Today for when you see the finished product or you hear the process that everybody had to go through to make it into a can, it was quite the process. And as you can see the, with the beat up decals and things on the can, it actually came off the car. And there are these. It's this Bush beer. <laughs> Because that's the that's his car, yeah, right. and it's one of the primary sponsors. That sheet metal, I'll show you the. It's a. It's not a. It's radio. It's not a visual medium, but you can see the top of the can is the actual sheet metal from the car. <laughs> that's cool. So anyway, these are uh, these are going to be on social media with a hashtag and things like that, and it'll be ahead of the Daytona 500 on February 11th. And a lot of these things will be – a lot of these beer cans are actually going to be up for charity purposes. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. They actually – look, whatever you you think about Bush, whatever, it's a cool-looking beer can. It is. Cool idea. Uh, Over on Thrillist, this came across my way the other day, and I thought it was kind of interesting. The nine craft beer trends you'll be tired of in 2019. (laughs) I love lists, man. I just love lists. All right. This was published when the when was this published? It was published uh, today, actually. Anyway, number one is Glitter Beer. Um, Have you seen Glitter Beer?
1: Kind of reminds me of Goldschlager. I'm not interested.
0: A little bit. (laughs) A little bit. Anyway, this was uh, this was from the post. Maybe the emergence of glitter beer was an attempted overcorrection to help drown out the darkness. When people added it to wedding cakes, we didn't speak out. When it turned up in ice cream, we didn't say anything. But when they came for our pizza and our beer, we said enough is enough. Beer Instagrams are traditionally boring. They shouldn't look like they were uh, taken in the aftermath of an explosion of a Lisa Frank poster. <laughs> Yet, a year later, here we are. All that glitters is not gold. I have not seen glitter beer yet. No, I had neither. But here we go. Uh, this is a topic that we've discussed on the podcast the last couple of weeks, but Thrillist brings it to everybody else's attention and they describe it as the pathological obsession with newness. <laughs> yeah. Right? So. You know, they go on to talk about you know New Belgium Fat Tire. These are great beers, and suddenly it's not cool or to give a crap about them, and only purchase the rare one-off limited releases you've never had before. And they go on to talk about how this is a, a, a bit of a problem. Crowlers. crowlers. I'm not sick of crowlers yet. No. Nah. I'm not sick of crowl- crowlers yet. Sell it. Well, what would they say about crowlers? For, for those of us who like to try a few beers or at least get through one before it starts to get warm and less bubbly, Crowlers are a nightmare. They're probably not going anywhere, and they have their uses, but that doesn't mean you have to like them. Look, I'm going to give you a prime example of where they actually came in handy, and I wish I had more of them. Uh, I had a gathering at a friend's in Cary a couple weeks ago. I thought it would be a nice person, and I brought a couple of Crowlers from Bond Brothers. Mm-hmm. Those things flew. I bet. I mean, they were gone. Yeah. So, anyway, sellout culture they bring up Stone Brewing IPA. It Didn't stop being good just because you can purchase it in an airport bar. Like like Portugal, the man doesn't stink because they suddenly had a number one single. Well, that's the, that's that's debatable. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's a strong vocal hipster demographic eating up small release beers that taste like ice cream and acting like any brewery that existed before they turned 21 is irrelevant or worse, total sellouts. Uh, yeah, you know, for that's, me, that's what young people do. For me, I
1: like I like to go back to those. Those flagships occasionally because I know what I'm going to get. Oh, yeah. It's, with all the new stuff.
0: Yeah, we talked about this. Man, I don't
1: care who it is. Yeah. they're All the beer that's coming out right now, even the breweries that we we both like and we spend a lot of time in, and beer, breweries across the state we spend a lot of time in, they're doing that. They're coming out with something new every week or two, and it's not always good. But if you go back to that flagship, you know what you're going to get.
0: Mm-hmm. Pastry beers. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this, yep. too. Chocolate chip cookie yeah. dough, red velvet cap, Comperio stout. Yeah, I, I'm very much... I'm very much over it. Forming lines at brewery bars. I think we've actually hit on one that I'm already tired of. Call it a full-blown trend. Uh, it actually, it says, it might be a little early to call this a full, full-blown trend. If so, consider a soothsayer's warning of a great evil about to creep across the land. It seems to have started in Portland, where many a beer trend picks up a steam. picks up steam. People are lining up at bars, single file as if they're waiting to get... Onto a tilt world whirl Thank you. No. You're at Bond Brothers all the time. Why do they do this at Bond? <laughs> because they've got it
1: set up where you walk through the large roll-up door. Yes. And they've got the little... Uh the little servant area there's no bar stools they've got the little it's basically just known this is
0: where you go to get the beer but you obviously know how i get the beer right well i know how you get the beer and i speaking of bond brothers again when i just needed a couple of crawlers i went to the side of the bar like a normal human because the bartenders are working the bar right and the bartender looked at me he's like what you need i'm like i'm gonna need these two crawlers okay cool done done while everybody else is looking at me like i'm the weirdo you're in line. (laughs)
1: Yeah, who who told you you had the former line? I've never seen Have you been to a
0: bar before? I,
1: right. I you, I'll promise you this, in Atlanta, there're no lines. Yes. We walked into um it was a it was a baseball bar, but it was a sports bar, it was Braves themed, and the bar was packed. Yeah. But the whole length of the bar, it was probably a 30-foot bar, but the whole length of it it was 3-4 people deep.
0: There was no line. Now, there are some places, I'll give Linwood Brewing Concern a shout-out for this. Sure, yeah. They've got it set up so you know. That's right. And they actually have a bar uh, a bar system where they have people working that particular area yes. of the bar. Yes, And if you want to sit at the bar, right. they've got people that are working right. said yep. bar. They've got it Right. Maybe Bond Brothers needs to do the same thing here, rather than, or maybe they're okay with it because the the noobs show up in the line. Yeah, but you and know the people in the know, like you and me, just go up to yeah. a bar like a normal human being. And the line moves pretty quickly. I mean, I've seen that line thirty Mason people Jar, deep. Mason Jar does the same thing where yeah. they have, yeah. they have an access for you to get beers to take outside, and they have a bar where you right. can go. Now, have I walked up to the bar to get a beer to take outside? Yes, sure, of course, because that's what people do. That's right. Yep. Anyway, I'm already yes. Please. I'm actually glad I stumbled across that thrillist because that is the thing that has bothered me. Low key, it has bothered me the last time I the last couple of times I've gone to Bond Brothers. Yeah. People gotta stop with that. Or just develop a bar that actually makes sense for somebody. But anyway, <laughs> that's gonna wrap it up for this edition of the 919 Beer Podcast. Guest free. There's reasons. What are you gonna do? What do you what do we even have coming up next week? Do, we, do I need I haven't even pulled up
1: next week is ancillary fermentation. So for real? It is.
0: They got a, like a new event coming up that I'm not aware of. about. Well, seen the pop-up location? Well, like yet. I say
1: they're doing one. Uh, they're doing one Sunday. They are. Yeah, this Sunday. Oh, yeah. I'm actually headed out to Winston Salem this Sunday. Well, they're doing it Sunday evening, six o'clock. It's somewhere downtown Raleigh. I want to say it was. It said it was a church. Now,
0: bummer. Yeah, a church, huh? On a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, and that that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm actually kind of bumming to miss it right now. But yeah, we'll um, we'll catch up with Ancillary Fermentation to talk about their next pop-up. Uh, we've also got some other breweries coming up. Like Camelback Brewing, Birdsong, and uh, we were supposed to talk to Barrel Culture today with Paul, but we'll go ahead and do that in the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Also, a reminder, you can listen to the 919 Beer Podcast on iTunes and Google Play. You can also catch us on the WRAL Sports Fan app. We've got a ton of people that we've talked to in the past definitely want to check out those interviews you're more than likely going to find a brewery that you enjoy we've probably had that guest on and you'll get a really good insight as to their process how they came about and because every beer has a story right of course it does so be sure to check that out again that'll wrap it up for this edition of the 919 beer podcast we'll see you all next week cheers